This episode of Atomic Geekdom is brought to you by PennantChase.com, the home of free baseball simulation leagues. Sign up today and join a variety of leagues featuring every player from the history of Major League Baseball. Thanks and enjoy the show. My name is Dave, uh, or I could be Clark, or I could be uh, several other clones of myself. Uh, but joining me today is the clone of JD. Is uh, name. My name is Josh, my actual <laughs> birth given name. That's what we're going to call me today. There you go, JD and Josh. <laughs> clones, but which one's the original? We'll never know. Uh, uh, yeah, to be determined. <laughs> if you haven't caught on... Today we're going to talk all about the season three uh, of Orphan Black. We're going to preview that season. Again, we don't know too much about it. There's going to be no spoilers for season three because neither one of us know anything about what's coming. Uh, but we will talk about seasons one and two. So if you have not watched either of those seasons, get on that. That's some good stuff. Yep. This is going to be super good for people who have not seen Orphan Black in a while and kind of want just a recap on the story and kind of like where we think it's going to go in the future or hopefully where it might go. Yeah, we'll talk about our favorite clones, which ones are favorite versions of of Sarah Manning. Um and then we'll yeah, we'll preview what what's to come based off of the the huge shocking finale from season 2 that that blew me away. Me too. I had a feeling never some, saw it coming. Yeah, I had a feeling we'd we'd get more clones that weren't Sarah Manning clones, but I wasn't expecting it so soon. And I, I figured that, like, it would be, like, a mass production of, like, Sarah Manning clones, I guess. Like, <laughs> oh, just kidding, we have, like, thousands of you waiting kind of deal. <laughs> right, right. Um, when this comes out, we'll be a week away, I think, uh, from the from the premiere of Season 3, which is coming out on April 18th. Uh, so, yeah, we'll give you a little preview, or a review of the last two seasons so you're caught up and ready to go. And then we'll talk about Season 3 a little bit. Um, okay, so if you don't know what Orphan Black is, it's a show about clones. Uh, and, and if you haven't seen the first episode, it just jumps right into it. You get to uh, a train station. Uh, the main character, Sarah, played by Tatiana Maslany, who deserves every single award that she can possibly get. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> sees someone identical to herself named Beth Childs, who commits suicide by jumping in front of a train and right in front of Sarah. And then we're off and running <laughs> from there. And it just gets yeah, honestly, yeah, the story just kind of goes like there's no breathing room for anything. And it just gets you get wrapped up into this huge conspiracy theory and it just grabs onto you so tight. Yeah, it's it's so awesome. And it, it gets confusing, sure, because you're dealing with all these different characters. But Maslani does a tur. I don't want to sound like just some dude review, but it's amazing how well she it just creates these characters yeah. and just becomes them all together. Like every single every single one of them is so different and have like their own personality that like it's so hard to see like it's so hard to believe that it, there's only one of her. Right, like it blows my mind. She does voices and accents so perfectly. She she's originally Canadian, but she does like a British accent. I think. Um, well, she 
I'm Russian. Look, I'm looking at her bio. She's fluent German. She speaks some Spanish. Like this lady does it all. Uh, she's amazing, and she. I was hoping she would get cast for the Star Wars spinoff movie, but she didn't. Wow. But that's okay. She's she's still in this mo- this show, which isn't going anywhere soon. Hopefully. Yeah, the ratings have doubled. I don't know if any of you guys have caught on to this, but since like the beginning, like first season, it had about like a quarter million people per per episode, and it over doubled from the first to second season, like consistently. So this show's growing pretty fast. <laughs> and and for all you Parks and Rec geeks like myself and JD, uh, she did two episodes of Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. She was the love interest of Tom, wasn't she? I'm uh, trying to think. I think so. Nadia was her character's name. That's all I remember. Yep, she was a doctor or something. Yeah. yeah. Only lasted two episodes, but that's all right. That's still a cool credit. For, uh, for Miss... Miss Tatiana Maslani. Uh, yeah, if you want to, if you're keeping track at home and you want to write down, she plays several clones, of which we'll go through them all right now. Sarah Manning's your main character. She's the one that it's all revolving around, and she's kind of this con artist, punk kid. Uh, her her brother, adopted brother, is Felix. Um, mm-hmm. The it? reason it's called Orphan Black is because the show revolves around Sarah and her brother are both orphans. And they live with their, like, orphan, or they used to live with their orphan mother named Siobhan. So that's, like, the orphan part of this. Right. For those of you who didn't know. (laughs) Uh, If you're not prepared, there is a lot of uh, sex and violence. Not so much violence, but more sex involved. It's it's definitely your adult show. Not, not like, porn or anything, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) But there's a lot of of sex uh, conversations, but... That, that's kind of in the first season. I didn't see too much of it. The second season, it kind of avoided. No, it. I think they leaned. I think they leaned more towards violence. The second season, yeah, there was or just of, like shocking, a lot of action. Yeah, a lot of action. And what's cool about this show? Um, they don't hold back. I mean, nothing's impossible on this show, as seen by one of the clones that we saw at the end of of season two being transgender. That was mm. kind. Of, that was kind of surprising. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, they like. I I like how like they're not afraid to like talk about stuff that like normal TV shows aren't afraid to talk about. Like this is a very science heavy show where like it goes like pretty not pretty like it goes pretty in depth to some like genetic like concepts. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of unheard for like a mainstream show to actually like have science that's like true and to not dumb it down. Yeah, it does. It can kind of like our our Martian conversation. It can get over your head a little bit. But it's mm-hmm. not that's not detrimental to the the story. You still have a good time with the story, even though you don't know what they're talking about. A lot of a lot of that stuff is revolving around um the scientist clone, which I'll let JD say her name. Uh Kasima? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Cause I was gonna uh, say I was actually gonna say Kosima again. Co- <laughs> I don't, I don't you know. You were why. so Kosima. <laughs> I'm gonna continue to make that joke uh, until you say her name right. <laughs> It's never going to happen. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Anyway, but so we'll start with the list of clones, uh, which the first one you just said was. Uh, Kasima. Kasima. She is. Yeah. Kasima is like the scientist clone. She's very smart, intellectual. She is a lesbian. And that's actually like a huge subplot to the whole series. 
because she falls in love with one of her like research assistants who turns out to be actually kind of a villain, but then kind of not, but then also kind of a villain at the same time. Right. Each so, clone, each clone has like a handler that they don't know about. Yeah, and they're supposed to take care of them, like make sure that all the testing's being done so that like nothing goes wrong pretty much cuz the company who has like a stake in this is paying a lot of money and they want to make sure they get the results that they want. Right. We'll go through it and we'll we'll say the ones that we know about, the handlers that we know about yet. Mm-hmm. Um so okay, we have Sarah and then we have a couple dead ones that we've heard about. Elizabeth Childs, the first one. Uh Katya mm-hmm. Katya died went right after she met Sarah. She got shot. Yep. Uh, Janica Zingler. I don't remember some of these. I don't remember. So there was one that had that had like a really like a really far like the disease had spread really far and you didn't actually get to meet her. Yeah. It was the one where she was like a bunch of videos. Okay. That Casima yeah. got. She found the, of yeah, the disease. That's right. That's right. Yeah. There's a do we we didn't really talk about that the disease. Yeah, uh, we'll get into into that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Janica, Ariana, Danielle. These are the dead ones. Uh, Jennifer Fitzsimmons is dead. Then we have Allison, Kasima, Helena, Rachel, Tony. And Tony's then- the transgender one. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then Charlotte. And Charlotte was created 20 years after the other clones from Project Lita. Project Lita being the the, the clone project. Uh, mm-hmm. um, what was I trying to say? They, yeah, Charlie is the only survivor of 400 attempts to recreate this these clones. So it's a little girl, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little girl. I think I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure it's. Yeah, it's like the daughter of Rachel or something, or she has something to do with Rachel. Yeah, yeah. The, the, they, these the ones that know about each other. They call themselves the Clone Cub. Club, excuse me. The clone club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, <laughs> the first rule is that outsiders, particularly non-clones, can't know about the clone's existence, except, like, everybody knows now. Yeah, it's kind of like a Fight Club reference. It's pretty funny how they kind of drag that in there. Yeah. Uh, as far as we know, Sarah and Helena, Helena's the crazy one, uh, were twins. Uh, twins. Yeah, that was, like, a big revelation at, like, probably like halfway through the second season is that like they were actually the reason like why like Helena and like Sarah felt like an attraction towards each other is because they were from the same egg. Yeah. And that's why Helena kidnaps um, Sarah's daughter. Part of partly why Kira Kira. Yeah. She feels yes. drawn to her and Kira likely uh, also not just because it looks like her mother feels drawn to, to Helena too. So there's there's that the uh, kind of kind of thing going on there, and yeah, Sarah's the only one that they know of so far that's had that's been able to have children. Mm-hmm. Well, She's the only yeah. Everyone everyone Alli- else except for her has been like unable to. Allison has kids. Yes, but they were adopted. Right. Uh, Allison is hilarious to me. I love I love when Allison and Felix are together. Yeah, because they're so totally different characters. Like Allison is very like type A. She's your like very soccer mom. Yeah, she's the stereotypical soccer mom who is like an alcoholic <laughs> and like bored gossips her- with all of her friends. Right, bored with her marriage. Yeah, 
and not gonna lie, my favorite part, spoiler alert, is when she kills her best friend. Yeah, she gets super paranoid because she thinks her best friend is her handler and just straight up lets her choke to death in a garbage disposal. Yeah. When it turns out that she wasn't her handler and it was actually her husband all along. Yeah. Her. Which also a huge plot twist. Right. <laughs> you get hints of it in season two, but then you think it's something else. They then, lead you totally astray. And then just kidding. It's yeah. actually Donnie. Yeah. He's super lethal <laughs> and not a bumbling idiot. Which is surprising because he plays the bumbling idiot really, really well in the TV series. Yeah, yeah. Right away in season one, Sarah meets Elizabeth's handler, which was her boyfriend at the time, her living boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And then Sarah ends up kind of hooking up with him for a while. And his story, what's his name? Paul. Uh, Paul. His story has been crazy because now, like season two, he ended up being like an, an, uh, an employee of Dyad for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was like... Because, like, Rachel had a partner, but then she killed him or something. Right, Rachel's, like, the... Something uh, happened to her partner. Yeah, Rachel's the lead of Dyad, essentially, and she's a clone. Yeah. And, yeah, she's working with, uh, who's the, the head Professor guy? Leakey. Professor Leakey, who is also working with Cosima. 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 <laughs> and mostly hiding and lying from Cosima. She's trying... He's trying to get the, the DNA, right, from... From Cosima? <laughs> well, yeah, Cosima. But yeah. I guess, like, the whole thing is because Sarah was able to have a kid, right. they need Kira. That's what it was. So that yeah. they can, like, reverse engineer her DNA to see why Rachel and the other clones aren't able to have kids. Right, right. So uh, essentially, the whole story at this point right now is that they need Kira because Kira is the key. Right. Um, yeah, Mrs. S is Sarah and Felix's adopted mother, who's got some secrets of her own. Uh, I'm trying to run some pretty big ones, too. Yeah. Like, kind of like soul-crushingly awful secrets. E yeah. <laughs> Do you want to run through that at all, or? Uh, yeah, so, like, Mrs. S kind of knew about the clones and she had like this whole like this whole backstory that I'm not even going to go into because it'll take me years to talk about yeah between like the cloning and everything and season two kind of another subplot is whether like Mrs. S is actually like in on Project Lita or if she's actually trying to help Sarah and the clones and to me it's still kind of ambiguous because like she does things that aren't exactly like helpful. Mm -hmm. Like she kind of has like ulterior motives at this point, but she's also with the very, project. Right. But she's also very protective of Sarah and, and Felix and, and especially Kira. Kira. Yeah. But then, yeah, you also have Ainsley who is, uh, Kasima's girlfriend essentially, but she works for Dyad and she was, she was Kasima's monitor, right? Yes, her name's not Ainsley though. That was the person that uh what's oh, her no, face right. uh, that that was uh what's her face the killed? The neighbor, yeah. Yes. Uh yeah, you're right. Uh what what is her name? I'm, uh, try I'm trying to think. I can't I remember. Gracie. Is it Gracie? No, that's the redheaded girl. Delphine. 
Delphine, you're right. Delphine. Yes, Delphine turns out to be Cosima's monitor. Guys, and there's, Cos- there's, it's hard to keep track of all these characters. It's like Game of Thrones. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's more confusing than Game of Thrones because they're all clones. And it's going to get worse now that there's another set of clones that are being introduced next year that or was, this season. That was the big shocker at the end of season two. They revealed that there are there's a set of male clones called Project Caster. Uh, Project Caster, which Mark Rollins was a character. He, he kind of thought it was this cult. He was just a member of this kind of weird cult that was trying to get Helena pregnant. And yeah, because the Perlethians. Yeah. Yeah, that's... And he, he ends up dying, right? One of them. And then you see a second one later. And that's the big yes. reveal. Yeah, one of them ends up dying, I think. And then you see, like, Rachel... Like, literally the last, the very last scene of all of the season is, like, oh, we have, like, a male clone, and it just slowly pans up, and there is a picture of, or, or like, there's a clone of Mark Rollins, like, right there. Yeah, he was a, no, they're all alive. I was wrong. Uh, but yeah, he's, oh, are they? He's a self-aware clone, so he knows that he's a clone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that was, yeah, and that. So these are the evil clones, essentially, because <laughs> this dude is straight up evil. He just looks bad guy. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting seeing how like the, his clones act. Like, are all of his clones like self aware? Uh, well, there's Mark, and what was the other one, Seth? Yeah, there's. I, they're introducing a bunch of them in the third season. I know that they have like five of them. Right. There's like one's a, a military dude. One's an MMA fighter. Oh, like really? a bunch of stuff. I, I didn't yeah. see that one. Yeah, one's like, like a corporal. Because uh, the government is involved too. There's a big government subplot in the second season. Uh, Rudy's the one you meet at the end. He's a prisoner of Marion Bowles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which we haven't talked about. I don't think we're. <laughs> He's got a big scar on his face. Yeah. Guys, honestly, there's so much. Like, me and Dave are just scratching the surface of the series. <laughs> like, yeah, don't, don't let it overwhelm you. It's really awesome. And I'm sure that you guys have honestly watched it or else you wouldn't be listening to this. Yeah. And, and if you haven't watched it, this is probably complete gibberish to anyone. <laughs> right. We're not really, you know, we're not going through it as thoroughly and, and neatly as we should, but that's all right. If you know the show, you know what we're talking about and, yeah. and how cool it is. Like, it's a good drama. Like, it's got, yeah, the science. It's your typical science fiction show, but it, it goes outside of that because the acting and the writing is so amazing. There's a lot of depth to every character. You you can't, like, she plays 13 clones. 13. <laughs> 13 <laughs> no. different characters. Granted, six of them are dead, so she's <laughs> she's playing seven active clones. Or six, because yeah. one of them is a little girl. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, and who knows if there's more. There's possibly more, mm-hmm. right? So, Dave, who's, who is your favorite clone? A- Allison. If not, For sure. If not Sarah, it's Allison. I liked Cosima. <laughs> for a long time and even though i can't say her name right yeah um i liked her in her crazy dreadlocks she's like she's very much the hippie scientist yeah uh and she's for in, sure she, her character is in minnesota right yeah i mean her character ends up she ends up working for uh d- the dyad right. because she you find out like partial way through like maybe the first or second that like she has the disease too that all the other clones have right let's so talk about she the, has to work ex- 
What? I was going to say, yeah, let's talk about the disease. Finish your thought, but let's talk about the disease. All right. So, I mean, it'll just, like, move right in. But it's a disease that all the clones, except for Sarah right now, Sarah and Helena have, that it's a slowly progressing respiratory disease that eventually kills them. It's kind of like cancer. And that is, like, the big thing that Kira is supposed to help with, not only, like, making sure that the clones can reproduce, but also she's the cure for this disease that they have. Has has Allison started exhibiting symptoms at all? I don't think Allison has started to exhibit symptoms, but I'm pretty sure that everyone else has. Because yeah. I think Rachel has gotten a little bit of it, but Kosima is definitely the one that we know of so far that has like the highest like I've got you is the farthest along. I've got you Kasima. saying her name wrong. Yeah. You said oh Kosima. my god. <laughs> Kasima, she's yeah. the the living clone that we know of that's the farthest along with it. Yeah, she's pretty much near death. Yeah, which uh, is why Delphine is trying so hard to save her because she's in love with Kasima. Right, right. I, I liked the Leaky character because I like that actor a lot. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, the stand. He was, he's in all kinds of stuff, but that's, uh, who's the actor's name? It's going to bother me. I need to find it before I lose my thought. I have no idea. Crap. But also, he fun fact, Donnie kills him, which is kind of crazy too. Right. By accident, nonetheless. Yeah, because yeah, he's about like, to get he, they're about to get out. Uh like he's leaving the country or something. Yeah, Leaky was leaving the country because he was threatened by the actual head of Dyad that if he didn't leave, he would die. And he ends up actually being shot by Donnie on accident. Right. Which is the funniest, honestly, one of the funniest shocking moments in the whole season. <laughs> right. Is it Marion? No, she's not the leader. She's the opposite side. No, Marion is, yeah. Marion's the leader. Okay. Okay. Uh, I like, you know, non-clone characters. Vic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't really like Vic. He just makes me laugh. Yeah, he kind of, see, I can see why he makes people laugh. He kind of annoys me, though. I like, can see <laughs> that, too. I was kind of but, hoping he didn't stay on as a main character. Like he's he's good in comic relief, mm-hmm. but then he kind of kind of took this role. Yeah, I don't know. My favorite character in the series is by far Felix. Felix. I love Felix. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, he's the like sarcastic, like really just funny gay guy that just makes me laugh consistently. <laughs> right. Who is who is the father of Kira? Uh, it's not, it's that one hippie guy. I don't know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He became like a main character in the second season. Yeah. Like you find out that he's the dad of Kira in the first season. And he's like real Cal. His name's Cal. He's like super shady. But he actually turns out to be a pretty good dude. Like second season. Like he really wants to like help Kira and Sarah out. So, but they really want you to think he's got this ulterior motive. Yeah. But I don't think he does. We shall see. Yeah, he's pretty much taking care of Kira, Kira the whole season. Like, yeah, because for the most se- most of the season, Sarah and Kira are definitely separated. Right. And yeah, and Sarah's pretend, or she used to be pretending to be uh, Beth, and in doing so, she had to pretend to be a cop. So there's this character, Arthur Bell. Uh, if you're a, a radio fan of Coast to Coast, Arthur Bell is Art Bell the original host of coast to coast. I think that's kind of a funny mm. nod, nod to, to that. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but uh, I like art, uh, his character too. And his partner ends up being a monitor, right? 
or working with Dyad? Mm, or is she just yes? Yeah, so just... his the girl partner like stumbles too far into this clone thing, and she kind of gets recruited. I think that's right. She uh, Angie. Angie, that's it. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. She gets recruited because she's looking into. Because uh, she knows that, like, something isn't right with Beth, who committed suicide, but, like, obviously, because Sarah is pretending to be the cop, right. she knows something is off. So she digs a little too deep, and it gets her in a lot of trouble. Uh, right, right. Doesn't she see them trying to get rid of Dr. Leakey's body? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't remember. Uh, something Maybe. Like that. Something like that, because Vic ends up helping Donnie get rid of the body. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, Donnie's trying to get rid of the body, but Vic is watching. I think Donnie's, help- I don't know. I can't remember. It's confusing. But yeah, she's essentially recruited into the cause of the bad guys. Uh, okay, so I, season two was hard to follow for me. I don't know about you. There's a lot of... Like a lot of subplots, yeah. Did you? We're pick- just gonna say that word a lot. Yeah. Did you pick your favorite clone? Uh, my favorite clone is Kasima. Okay. It's I don't. Ooh, it's between her and Rachel. Honestly, Rachel. I hate Rachel. I hate her so much. <laughs> That's good. But like, villain. she's so evil. Yeah. Yeah, she's such a good villain, and I think that like, like she's a great villain, much in the way that like Joffrey is a villain, because like, you want to hate them so much like there's no like redeeming qualities about them except there kind of is yeah there's this you have the sense of she's this the what do you call it the lex luther villain like they think yeah. they're doing the right thing uh the magneto villain where they think they're doing the right thing they're just going about it the wrong way and like right like and i guess like i totally understand like rachel's really an awful person because one, like she's been grown, like she's grown up without, like she had love, but like her parents left her, gave her to Dyad pretty much. Yeah. You find that out in the second season. And not only that, but she always wanted to have kids. And now that she isn't able to, she's really bitter with life. And now that she's even dying, it kind of just, it it's pushing her to make the decision she's making because she wants to save herself. But she's also like going about it a horrible, horrible way. Right. Yeah, I got to go with Allison. I thought everything with her was was hilarious. The whole trying to be an actor. Uh, in, yes. In oh, that was so funny. With Felix being her acting coach, and then he he's like the bartender for that party where part of the night Sarah is pretending to be Allison. Oh, because <laughs> I forgot about that. And that was such has- a good. She has to knock Dottie out at one point. And it's yeah. Hilarious. It's so good. Yeah, because Allison is just hammered, just right. completely just drunk on the couch. And everyone keeps wondering why she keeps changing outfits. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is that was uh, great. Yeah. It's is it's it can be such a heavy and dark show, but it also is so hilarious with with Felix and Allison's interactions and Felix and Sarah they have such great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell like, it just feels like they've been brother and sister forever. Uh, so it, yeah. And I think that's what makes the show like something special. Like, yeah, like the story's really good, 
but the chemistry between everyone is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, the way that they like, yeah. <laughs> All right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. We'll leave a little bit of mystery to people have, who have, you know, uh, okay. So what, what are you expecting out of season three? Any answers you want to see, you know, come about or anything? Um, so I guess I want to know, well, I kind of have this theory that the reason that Sarah was able to have kids is because her and Helena are like the original clones. Okay. So like the, okay. Like they were like what the other clones were based off of. Right. Like the primes. Yeah. They were like, they were the originals. Their genetic code is the original code and everything else is just like switched off of them, which is why they don't have the disease and can have children. That is my prediction. That that could be, yeah. That that's a good that's a good call. So you want to? Do you think that'll get revealed this year? I I think it'll get revealed at the very end of the episode, like the very end of the season. I mean, or something like that. It'll be at the close to the end. And do you think any of our main clones will be dead before the end of that season? Uh, I think Kasim is gonna die. I think it's gonna be. I think she's going to get saved at the last minute, but I think Allison is going to end up dying. Why? I, just, I want to know why you think I feel, that. I feel like it's going to be a sacrifice type thing where in order to save Kasima, they have like, they can't get to Allison with the cure or something. I can't, I can't really put it into words. I just feel like in a different, like, cause they're, you know, they're all over the place. I have a feeling Allison's going to end up dying. Yeah, there, There's tons of everywhere. Yeah. I just, I just feel like, it's going to be this this kind of red herring. Like, they're going to lead you to believe, and they have so far, that Kasima's not going to make it. And they're kind of preparing you for it. And I think at the last minute, she's going to make it, and then maybe Allison dies, and, and maybe Delphine is part of that or something. Like, to save, save Kasima, Delphine's yeah. going to have to do something pretty dark. Not that she has Yeah, I don't doubt that. Uh, yeah, but, like, a little bit of me feels like, like, they've... Every other time, they've been so flip. They've been like, this is going to happen. Like, we're going to drag you this way. And I hope that they don't do that. Because I want Kasima to die. She's one of my favorites, but I feel like her death will have such a great impact and this isn't on this, the show. Right, right. This isn't your death type show. This isn't like a Joss Whedon show or George R.R. R. Martin book. Or, you know, the, the, they just, mm-hmm. the people just don't die for no reason. Or just for shock value, so I think a death like that would be really shocking. Uh, even though it's it's obvious. Yeah, like it's obviously played out, and I like I hope it doesn't happen, but I also kind of hope it does. Yeah, like there's part of me that really wishes that something that big will happen, because it would put it like more on par with like a Game of Thrones show where no one's really safe. The stakes are kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, what what kind of havoc do you think we're going to see from the male clones? I don't even know. I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> like <laughs> I've been consistently surprised with Orphan Black and I can't even fathom what's going to happen. Well, right now Paul is working for the military, right? He's not with Dyad, right? Uh he's I'm not sure. Kind of it, his story has been kind of crazy cuz at one minute you're supposed to think he is helping Sarah but uh, like undercover. Yeah. Honestly, I'm. I think Paul is one of the weakest components of the show. I would agree. I enjoyed him in the first season, but it kind of got too convoluted. 
Right, because then they started revealing all the other monitors, and it's like, well, they're kind of just keeping Paul around to be this what-if. Is he really helping Sarah and the clones, or is he helping himself? Yeah, it's kind of like another red herring, and then I think that I kind of hope they just end his like subplot and kind of like take him off the show, well, his... unless he gets some big revelation in season three. Right, he can't be free from Dyad because, what's his big secret? There's blackmail, because he was in the military and he did something really horrible. He killed, like, some other Marines in friendly fire or something. Yeah, there's something, something happened where Paul did something really bad in the Marines, and Dyad has it on tape, and if he stops helping them, they'll release it. Right, he, he had to, like, he, and then when he started working for Dyad, like, he had was forced into having a relationship with Rachel, yeah. I, I remember, oh God. I remember that being that's like such ex- an awkward part. Yeah, that was like extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> like, is yeah, because Rachel's into BDSM and just some weird, weird stuff. Yeah, season two was wasn't without its sex moments. I was wrong because <laughs> that You're was a right. big now, one. Yeah. Now that we think about it, <laughs> that was a big one. That was really uncomfortable oh, yeah. to watch. Woo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That was awkward. <laughs> um. Yeah. Paul tells. Uh, yeah, he killed six Marines in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So that's what they have hanging over him. Yeah, he's not with the Marine. He used to be a Marine. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the government worked with Dyad to create, yeah, Project Lita and Project Caster. Okay. What do you think is going to happen with Project Caster? Like, where do you see it going? Uh, well, Project Caster right now has Helena, right? Uh, Mark and Paul, or the clone of Mark and Paul have Helena. Yeah, I um, think so. They could go a lot of ways with that, like ways that I we can't even think of at this point because it's so mysterious right now. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to use the male clones to get to the the the, the Sarah clones. Clearly, that's they're going to be used their weapon. Yeah. You know what I want? I want a Sarah clone versus male clone just fight halfway through the season. A good, a good, I just want a huge battle. A good brawl? Yeah, that would be so awesome. Mortal Kombat style? Yeah, just someone like rips the neck off. That'd be cool. <laughs> Way too bloody, but it'd be still cool. For Canadian production television. Yeah. Yeah, this show is made in, like every good show, it's made in Canada. Yeah. Uh, a BBC show in Canada. I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah, BBC Canada, which is <laughs> doesn't exist. British Broadcast Company Canada, which is right. weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, BBC known for Doctor Who and all that fine programming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can't say I really have any predictions for season three. To be honest with you, I just hope to see lots of wacky hijinks with Allison and and Fee. Uh, which, mm-hmm. is, which is Felix's nickname. If you didn't, if you didn't know, don't want to throw that over your head. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of get annoyed with the Kira story. Uh, I'll be honest. It's kind of the weak. I think it's one of the weaker storylines so far. Yeah. I, I'd like to get her more involved. Obviously she's, she's growing up, so she's going to, they're going to kind of fast track that storyline. I think. Yeah. I think like, I think there was major improvements from season two to season one though. Cause like season one, she was pretty much like a damsel in distress kind of character. Yeah. And like season two, like you kind of got like more of a sense of like why she's so important. And I hope they just like ratcheted up to 11 in season three and she'd be like Kara or Kira like is like the cure or something like that. Like maybe she's this just like 
combination of all their personalities and talents, and she's like <laughs> super skilled and awesome. <laughs> she's yeah. she's like Neo. Neo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, all right. So speaking, let's take a little break from Orphan Black, and why don't you tell the good people all about our friends at Audible? So, if you would like to support our show at Atomic Geekdom, go to audible.com slash Atomic Geekdom. Audible trial. Audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom. Sorry, it's been a while (laughs) since I've done the little shout out. But yeah, so if you sign up for a free trial at Audible, you get a free digital download of any book you want to read. And right now – We just didn't – Oh, I'm what? sorry. I'm sorry. I was gonna no, say, keep going. Say right now, Jenny would recommend you could get. Uh, oh crap! I forgot the name of that show. Outlander. Outlander is on Audible. You can get the first book. Yeah, Jenny loves Outlander like more than anything in the world. So, or in case you listen to our podcast with Andy Weir, you can pick up The Martian. Yep. Eh, eh, which is also an extremely good book, but pretty much they have anything you want from Fifty Shades of Grey to like Catching Fire to anything else. And it's a way to help support our show so that we can continue to give you the stuff you love, like more podcasts and more videos and all this awesome, cool stuff. Yeah. Audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom for, for all your Audible needs. Audio, audiobook needs, I should say. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what? Where where to take the conversation here? I I can't. It's hard to find a weak actor on this show. I think they're all mm-hmm. very good. Even if the storylines aren't great for the sub, you know, the sub sub stories like the B stories or the C stories, mm-hmm. still the acting is really well done. And it it can't be oversaid that Tatiana Maslany is amazing. As any of the the clones, I can't think of one clone where I thought uh, you can kind of tell she's phoning it in here with this one because yeah. this one's about to die or something. Yeah, honestly, I think Paul might be the weakest actor. Yeah, he does kind of seem like he's the the, the he's good very look, one note, the good which is the dude. problem. Yeah, yeah, pretty much hired because straight out of an Abercrombie and Fitch catalog or something. Exactly. <laughs> which I'm excited to see where. Ari Millen goes though with all of his clones. Uh, like, yeah, I want to see if like, I want to see if like he will be as good as Tatiana Maslany with all of the like different personalities and stuff. Right. He yeah, he's playing the male clones. If you didn't, if you didn't, were yeah. Sorry, him. that's yeah. Yeah, I I look to see. I want to see more from Cal. Like I, I, there's, there's, like we were saying, there's this undertow of of this character. There's something there. He knows how to fight. He knows how to how to kill. Yeah, how to use a gun and everything. And he's very protective of Mira. Obviously, once he finds out that that's his daughter, or he he knew. No, he didn't know. She dropped it on him when she was looking for a place to hide. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there's something more to that character that I don't think we've been privy to yet. And you don't think it's dark. I I, th- I tend to think it's probably going to end up being dark. Probably most things in this show are incredibly dark, right? Yeah, and he's he's your typical you know woodsman. Like he lives out in the middle of nowhere, and he's just trying to stay off the grid, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then, and then here comes Sarah bringing chaos into his like extreme chaos into his life. Yeah, like th- that's crazy. Like I'm trying to imagine like going from like zero to a hundred that quickly. Hey, I'm living in a cabin. Just kidding. I'm clones. Your daughter is the daughter of a clone, and there's a giant corporation after me. Good luck. Like, 
right here, watch her for a little bit while I go fight this corporation. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> how how Sarah even ended up with this dude, I don't even know. It's like he clean, seems like this complete opposite of her character. Like, just, see, like they're complete opposites, but they're also like super similar. Like they're like they're both really scrappy and willing to do what like whatever it takes. Loners, sort of. Kind of, I yeah. see them both as loners too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Just their personality, or their, I don't know, they seem very different. Uh, that's just. Yeah. Uh, as far as the male clones, this dude, yeah, I think he's going to bring it, and I think he's going to end up, he's kind of got this look, if you've been watching Gotham at all, he looks like Penguin a little bit. He's got this weird, weird nose thing going on. <laughs> and he, he's, he, so far, you've only seen him as two different male actors, male clones, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, Mark, who was the Prolethean, or former Prolethean, uh, who was married to, what's her name, Gracie? Yes. Oh, I'm excited to see where this Gracie plotline goes. That stuff was crazy. The whole yeah. thing with the Prolethians was, was bananas. And I think... Honestly, I think that might be the best storyline that Orthan Black has to offer, the Perlethian storyline. Right. It, it, was, it, it seemed very cultish. Like, the leader was, was Henrik. Uh, yeah. His who, daughter was Gracie. Right. And he wanted to, he was going to, uh, he was going to pretty much take Helena's eggs. And put it inside of Gracie right. so that she could have a child. Exactly. Yeah, just just insane <laughs> but mark kind of turns on him to save gracie and then helena takes out henrik uh throwing some random dna into him right yeah like it's just oh god it's such a good plot like it's it's one of the better like side plots that i've seen in the show cuz it's really interesting yeah so the mark and gracie and that that's a subplot is is Pretty crazy because Henrik's dead. Um, yeah, Henrik's dead. Yeah, I can't. As far as yeah, he's helping Helena out of the hospital. Uh, I don't remember where he ended up at the end of the season, but yeah, that's another good storyline to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, in season three. Where did Art or Arthur Bell end up in season two? Do you remember? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't remember. I remember it was something big. Maybe I don't know. Right, and he knows. He knows the clones' angle now. Yeah, he knows because Sarah brought him. Kind of, he brought him into the whole conspiracy of the clones. Right. So, because keeping up the the mystique of being Beth was just that wasn't gonna last. There was there was kind of no way. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. This this page doesn't tell me what happened to him at the end of season two. Oh well. <clears throat> uh. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I I don't know what else to say. If you're not watching Orphan Black by now, you're probably not listening to us talk. But you should be watching Orphan Black. For sure. Yeah. There's no other. There's honestly no other show like it. And I know that we say this about like a lot of TV shows. But Orphan Black is something special. Yeah, seriously. What show has clones? I can't think of one that's done clones well. 
like there's Attack of the Clones, Star Wars, but that was horrible. Yeah. And what show has one person playing like six different clones? That's all really well. Yeah, and it's not Eddie Murphy being several different characters in fat suits. Oh, yeah. not Nutty Professor thing. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Nutty Professor is not up with my favorite movies ever. So, <laughs> my, well, mine either. But I figured maybe you'd get it. Uh, uh, okay, so season three starts April eighteenth. The last two seasons have had ten episodes. I think this episode, this season is also going to have ten episodes, and these seasons fly by. I hope it has more. I hope it has thirteen. It they, needs it. They go so fast. Like, it, like I remember last year they had a big premiere thing with, I want to say with Chris Hardwick and Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton on BBC where they were talking all about it, and then yeah, I just remember just flying through it on uh, BBC America, uh, and that's where you can catch it, BBC America, or you know if you're in Canada, I think it's on the Space Channel, Space. Yeah, know. never heard of it. I don't live in Canada. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right, so I don't know. Do you got anything else you want to say about about Orphan Black and season three or season one and two? Anything? Uh, no, not really. I think we pretty much said that it's the greatest thing ever, right? And that you should watch it. There's lots of details we could get into, but if you're listening again, you've watched it, and we've kind of gone through a lot of the theories and stuff we want to see happen. Mm-hmm. So. I figure since there's really no geek, there hasn't been a geek out in a while. Why don't we talk about some geek news from this last week? Uh, well, Daredevil is premiering uh, soon. Yeah, when this comes, <laughs> when this comes out, Daredevil have premiered on Friday. Uh, we're recording it the night it comes out. Actually, it's about uh, for me two hours and fifteen minutes away. Well, that'd be for you too as well, JD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to say because it. <laughs> Because it all unlocks yeah. at once, once. Yeah, it's for everybody. Pacific time. Yeah, they want it to be available at midnight Pacific time. So for us, uh, Midwestern, Central America, or Central folks, that's two oh one. And for dumb. JD, JD, it's three oh one. Are you gonna stay up and watch it? Uh, probably not. I have class at eleven tomorrow, and I kind of need to be attentive. There you so. go. I'll watch the first episode, then go to bed, and then try to binge watch it all this weekend. And hopefully, by the time you listen to this podcast, my review of the Daredevil season one will be on the website atomicheating.com. Uh. <laughs> uh, and while you're there, click on our Amazon banner, buy all your good stuff, and we get a little bit of that, and it costs you nothing extra. Just go to atomicheating.com, click the Amazon banner right at the top. And shop away, people. Helps us out. Um, yeah, today they also released the first image of the Ant-Man villain, Yellow Jacket. I don't know if you got to see that. I have not. I've. It's been... I had two exams today, so I've kind of been out of it with like normal news. Oh, so. no, no problem. I tweeted out the picture. It looks amazing, and it's actually given me a little bit of faith in this this movie again. Also... I thought you. I'm excited. Do you lose faith in it? No, I'm excited for it. But there's been so many issues getting this movie to actually hit the theaters since like 2004. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just. You're little, right. Little, I forgot. A little worried about it. Uh, also, a couple of days ago, David Ayer, the director of Suicide Squad, released a picture of their first read through, and it had the entire cast minus Jared Leto. Uh, in, in the picture and there's a lot of people in there that we haven't been announced as far as their characters yet so 
Uh, they're saying I'm excited. I yeah. cannot wait. They're saying we're gonna see some uh, some Deathstroke in there. That's a that's a huge character, a younger version of that character. Uh, Steve yeah. Steve Trevor, who people will know him as Wonder Woman's boyfriend for a long time. And they're saying that this movie, Suicide Squad, is gonna take place in between uh, Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, as far as the chronological chron- chronology goes. It's gonna fall in between them, even though it comes out after Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Uh, they released some concept art for the Angel costume for X Men Apocalypse, which looks very much like he'll be Archangel, and that 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 excites me because he's one of the four horsemen of the Apocalypse. Yeah, can't wait. <clears throat> Excited. That movie is gonna be awesome, and there's been several. When does it come out? Uh, 2016 X-Men Apocalypse is yeah 2016 I think yeah years. they're just starting production on on that so X-Men Apocalypse is May 27th 2016 but the movie before that that we keep seeing pictures of is Deadpool and the the set pictures that we're seeing look amazing that costume looks awesome uh, yeah, yeah I haven't seen it unfortunately uh, there's been some pictures of Ryan Reynolds without the mask on, and you can see his burned and scarred face. So it looks mm-hmm. like he's not going to wear the mask for some parts of the movie, but I have a feeling for the most part, you're going to see him in the costume and it looks awesome. Uh, cannot wait. I'm excited for it. I just like, I'm trying to like be spoiler free from everything that I like really, really care about, which Marvel's making it tough because there's an Avenger new Avengers commercial every day. It yeah. Like- I I have not seen anything about any Avenger. Like, I'm not even joking, Dave. <laughs> I have stayed so pure. Are you gonna you're gonna see it like the week it comes out or after it comes out? Uh yeah, I'll see it definitely in theaters. I don't yeah. know, like, when does it come out? Uh, May first. Uh yes, that will actually be perfect because that's right after my final exams are done. So I will chill out and go to the movies. There you go. We've already got our eleven o'clock tickets. A bunch of us are going to see it. I can't. <sighs> nice. Can't can't wait. And then. And June gives us Jurassic World. Yeah, super excited. Oh, it's gonna be a good summer. Of of geek. It's gonna be a great summer. Geek tastical movies. Um, what else was announced? Oh yeah, Agents of Shield, the TV show on ABC, is working on a spinoff. Uh, quietly working on a spinoff, so there's no guarantee. There's not even a guarantee of Agents of Shield season three yet. So. Really. Yeah, I'm I'm betting there will be, but it hasn't been announced as renewed yet. Yeah. But I yeah, I would pretty much pencil that into your schedule next next year. That's okay. I haven't seen season one yet, so Or maybe not you, but others. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh I would recommend yeah. it. It's Honestly a- it's a Yeah. Most, I feel like most comic book series like are doing really well right now. Yeah, Angel Flash is extremely doing well. Uh, it's been every episode. Yeah. Every episode the last two weeks has felt like it could have been season finale worthy, but it just keeps topping itself. It's it's been pretty crazy. Uh, one thing I want to kind of promote. Yeah, that's that's killer. One thing I like to promote because we're going to have them on the podcast very soon is this Super Zero YouTube movie. It's a short movie. JD probably is not sure what I'm talking about, but. You should check this out, as should all of you. Super Zero, uh, you can YouTube it. Just a short, I think, 16-minute uh, zombie movie. We've talked about it a little bit, I think, off Ooh. air. Uh, it's got a 
Yeah, you've mentioned it. You and Jenny have mentioned it to me a bit. Yeah, there's a small cameo of the the NASA guy. Uh, the Mohawk dude. Is he got a Mohawk? I can't remember. The crazy NASA guy. <clears throat> oh, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. I just can't think of his name right now. It's like on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> yeah, he's got a short cameo. So go check that out. We're going to have the, the the creator, the director, writer. I'm not sure what he does, but... And the two leads from it, we're going to have them on the podcast to talk about it. And I want to kind of find out if this is going to be like a web series because it was really good. So definitely you guys should go check check that out. <clears throat> Do we know where they're from? Like They're in L.A. What? Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah. Well, Jenny's close. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe she can be a guest star. Oh, that'd be fun. Cameo. We'll work. We'll work on that. Uh, working on a couple other big interviews that we can't announce yet until we. Uh, I'm gonna say until I record them. Yeah, our lips are sealed, guys. But, but just know that a lot of stuff is happening. It's huge. <laughs> it's pretty much the biggest thing we've done yet, and it's gonna be amazing. Um. Oh yeah, huge news. I know you'll appreciate this. Olivia Wilde is coming back for Tron Three. I saw. I was super pumped. I'm just. I'm honestly just happy we're getting a Tron 3. Yeah, and pretty much the main people are back. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Uh, Eric Hudland. Garrett, Garrett Hudland, yeah. That's what I said, Garrett Hudland. That's, I know, I was just repeating <laughs> what you said, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, also, big news was, it's not official yet, but we're very close to getting 17 more episodes of Arrested Development. I don't know if you're a fan. Never seen it. Oh, dude, you got to get on that, man. I know. Everyone says it's so good, and I just, no time. Yeah, <laughs> it's all on Netflix. You can find it there. Yeah. Uh, just take some time. I to have binge. to binge watch the 100 still. Like, I have to finish all of season two. I haven't watched one episode of season two, but I want to. Yeah, I. one of my friends who watched it said that it tops season one in nearly every way. Oh, wow. I know. I was like, "Oh God, stop, stop, Garrett. You need to you need to calm down." <laughs> yeah, that's that's huge. Uh, yeah. Oh, also for all you Star Trek fans, there's a huge comic book crossover coming. Uh, we're gonna see Green Lantern teaming up with Star Trek. Yep, I said it. What? Green Lantern from DC Comics will be teaming up with the cast and crew. Of the Starship Starship Enterprise. What? Yeah. How does that? Uh, it's gonna be amazing. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Tom and Jason will be excited for it. They're big Green Lantern fans. It's gonna be in July, I believe. And it's coming out on. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's actually it's not coming out on DC comic books either. It's coming out, I think, on IDW. Wow, that's that's really crazy. <clears throat> but I think that that's cool. Good job, uh, DC, yeah. letting it happen. I think crossovers are just, like, a really cool way. They're just really awesome. And I wish there was more of them. Uh, here, set in Star Trek's 23rd century, the balance of the universe will be tested when the Green Lantern Corps' power rings come into the possession of certain Star Trek characters while a dark and powerful evil looms around every corner. Only the combined power of the Green Lantern Corps and the Federation stand any chance of stopping those who worship evil's might. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, oh my god. Oh, it sounds so ridiculous. It does. And I love it. It's a <laughs> six-issue miniseries, so there you go. Uh, I will definitely be buying it. 
Oh, for sure. That's it's going right on my poll list as soon as I get that. <laughs> as soon as it's available. Um, yeah, it's going to be an IDW. All right, Star- I can deal with that. Star Trek Green Lantern: The Spectrum War is what it's going to be called. Ooh. There you go. Some little little news to brighten up your evening. Uh, what? Uh, well, we got a little Game time. of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones started on Sunday, and uh, it's it hasn't aired yet for us, so I can't wait to watch it though. But spoiler alert: it's going to be good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big news: Lucy Griffiths from uh, Robin Hood on BBC. Speaking of BBC, uh, she was on True Blood for a little while, and then she was also on the pilot episode of Constantine is joining AMC's Preacher uh, in a role a role that was created pretty much just for the series. So we don't know. If you've read the comics, she's not going to take up a role from that we already know. It's going to be brand new. So that's some cool news. I like her. She's, she's quite attractive. She's fetching, as they say. Fetching? <laughs> uh, did you watch True Detective Season 1? I have not. It's on my must-do list. They just aired the trailer for season two. Isn't isn't Vince Vaughn in it? Vince Vaughn, Colin Farrell, uh, Rachel McAdams, uh, the dude that played Gambit, and he's in Friday Night Lights. I just, I just don't know how I feel about Vince Vaughn. Yeah, that one's pretty crazy. Uh, like he's a he's a comedian. Like is it, this is a this is a really like dark drama, isn't heavy, it? Heavy, heavy, yeah. Uh, so we got Kate Blanchett. Wow. No, that's not right. That's a rumor. Um, let's see. Vince Vaughn, Colin Farrell, Taylor Kitsch, Kelly Riley, and Rachel McAdams are your, your main characters. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's going to be off the wall. Also, Rick Springfield is going to be <laughs> a recurring character. <laughs> if you, uh, you're, you're, you're too young, but Rick Springfield is the guy that's saying Jesse's girl. Back in the, oh, okay, back got it. In the eighties. All right, that's fine. <laughs> I'm I like I've heard nothing but a fantastic things. The only from yeah. The only it. thing I would, the only thing I would say I didn't like about season one was the finale. I didn't really like the ending, but that's okay. Because yeah. everything I leading, mean, go ahead. No, I nothing. I don't. I haven't was saying anything important like yeah. usual. Everything <laughs> leading up to it was awesome. And it had Alexandra Daddario in it, and she's amazing. So, plus Woody Harrelson, you can't beat Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson is such a good actor. So he has such a wide range of things he can do. And you got Matthew McConaughey right in the middle of his reconnaissance. Reconnaissance. I just was looking for a reason to say reconnaissance. Casima. Casima. Oh, you got it. <laughs> you said it right. Certainly, certainly did. It took me long enough, right? Hey, it. at least you got it. That's all that matters. Uh, if you haven't watched episode one, or even if you have, go check out our podcast that we did last week of the Game of Thrones preview. Jenny and I did that one as well. And then, um, yeah, we, we got a lot of cool stuff in the works coming for you guys. You can follow us at Atomic Geekdom. JD, you are at? JFreakingD. Um, you can email us and tell us, you know, all the things that we're doing wrong, or you can be nice and say the cool things that we're doing right that you're enjoying. 
theatomicgeekdom at gmail.com. Again, go to audibletrial.com slash atomicgeekdom. Help us out that way. T-shirts on the website, all that good stuff. Instagram, Facebook, Google+, Stitcher, iTunes, blah, 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 blah. It's all there. Uh, summer, summer is coming. Get yourself an Atomic Kingdom t-shirt. You'll, you'll love it. Uh, at the end of this month, I'm going to be attending C2E2 at, in Chicago. I've already got a couple of cool things in the works for interviews and stuff for there. So that's going to be fun. Uh, if nothing else, awesome pictures of cosplay and, and cool, cool stuff. Jason Momoa is going to be there. Aquaman himself. Heck yeah. So yeah. Any, any parting words for our fellow clones out there? Uh, make sure you tune in April 18th. We'll have a review up of the first episode for sure. I'll oh, do it. Someone listen, else will do it. Listen to that. I think JD just volunteered to do it. <laughs> I just volunteered myself to do a review guys. Yes. So yeah, I'll be doing a review so you can check that out a little bit after it airs. I need time to, I'll probably not need time to contemplate my life after the first episode's done. It'll yeah, be that good. Absolutely. <laughs> and he'll watch so. it twice. Yeah, I'll watch it just to get all the little mini plot lines and everything. All right. It's two hours till Daredevil premieres. I got to get going, maybe get a little nap in. Or uh. <laughs> watch one episode, which will turn into two episodes, which will turn into the entire series before I go to work. Yeah, pretty much. It'll be 11 o'clock and you'll be like, oh, God, I didn't sleep. Oh, no. <laughs> and I got to be up probably until 11 again. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, all right, guys. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in, JD. Thanks for joining me to talk about the clones. No problem. It was your my pleasure. I just said it was your pleasure. Uh, <laughs> it was my extreme pleasure. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, go watch Orphan Black, and we will see you all. Soon.